Hello and welcome to another episode of Through the Turnstiles podcast as we take an in-depth look at uh, the lower leagues of Scottish football. Unfortunately, there's no James with us again this week, so it's myself and Muzz playing a lone furrow. Muzz, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Not too bad. Um, so before we get into the episode, if you're watching on YouTube, if you could do us a massive favour and uh, like this video and subscribe to the channel, that would be massively appreciated. You can also find us on Spotify, which is a relatively recent addition by searching through the Turnstiles podcast. Um, for the regular viewers slash listeners, you'll know that um, we usually do a, a teaser from the ball bag, which is a question that one of us will ask the other two that they've got to answer throughout the duration of the episode. Again, without James, we felt it would be a bit unfair to pile all the pressure on somebody and expect them to hold a conversation in the same episode. So that's postponed until next week. Um, but Muzz, I believe you might have a potential alternative or additional new feature. Yeah, as a wee substitute for the, the ball bag teaser this week, uh, we've got an idea which was, which was kind of touted to us from one of our listeners. Uh, Ali Mood, who suggested we uh, do a wee feature called Journeyman Spot of the Week. Uh, perhaps you've seen Kenny Duker filling up at Heart Hill Services, or uh, maybe you've seen uh, Peter Canero returning a, a mattress to Donnell, or, uh, or or maybe you've given your trolley to, to Chris Templeman as you've been leaving Morrison's in Kirkcaldy. Uh, something like that. Um, it's a good idea, um, because Ali got in touch to, to say, he remembers seeing Carl Tremarco buying washing powder at Tesco's in Inverness. So, so that's the that's the bar. That's the uh, standard. Set that, there. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good start and a good standard. So, what we're asking is any viewer or listener to get in touch with us through any of the mediums of YouTube, uh, Twitter. You can search for us at, at Turnstiles there, or um, Pie and Bovel. We're relatively active on that. And we're looking for a journeyman spot of the week, or just any place where you've seen a Scottish lower league journeyman doing something as part of their everyday life. Yeah. Context is important. Hopefully the more mundane, the better. Yeah, absolutely. Do we know what brand of soap powder Kyle Tremarco uses? Or? Uh, maybe Ali can, can get back with that information because that could... Uh, it's, well, first of all, I'm, I'm glad to hear he does his own washing. Mm -hmm. um, the brand would, would probably tell you a lot more about Kyle Tremarco than... than and and his think. weekly wage, potentially. So yeah. um, I, I'm going Tesco. Own brand, I think Solid does the job just like the way he plays. No frills. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so this is the nitty gritty issues of Scottish football that we're getting the bottom, uh, getting to the bottom of, and the questions that need to be asked and answered. So journeyman spot of the week. Uh, let's say get in touch with us via Twitter, find Bovro, or in the comments on YouTube. As Mas says, the more mundane, the better. Um, and a change of pace slightly as well. We re released an, an extra time episode. Um, it started this week with Sterling Albion, Head of Performance and Tactical Analysis, and First Team Coach Bill Orr, which has been relatively well received uh, online and uh, with a number of views and things. So if you've not seen that, go and check that out. It's a um, fascinating look at the depths and the detail that himself and the management team go to, especially for a lower league team where maybe the perception, although they may be changing, is that you know they, they train twice a week and turn up and give 11 boys jerseys and hope for the best, but it's unbelievable, isn't it, the, the, the level of work and uh, preparation and analysis that goes into it. Yeah, it was a big eye-opener for, for myself as well. Um, Bill spoke so well and, and um, interesting. he was so interesting in, in what he had to say about the, the, the detail and, and um, 
the, the depths they go into uh, to prepare the team for for games in those leagues. And um, I just can't, I just wonder what his day job is um, when he fits all that that hard work in. So it was great to have him on. And absolutely. And um, yeah, I don't know when he sleeps. Um, so yeah. if if anyone enjoyed that feature, and but if there's anything else that that you guys as listeners or viewers would like us to try and um, get on the show or, or find more aspects about the game, then just let us know. Uh, we've got a couple more lined up that we think are, will be a bit different and a bit, a bit interesting and eye-opening for, for people looking at the lower leagues. So, with that said, admin done, into, into the episode we go. So, there was games obviously across Championship League 1, League 2, so what we'll do is we'll kind of review those um, and kind of preview this weekend's upcoming fixtures as well. And, uh, uh, and we'll just kind of go with the flow and see how it goes. So, Mud's taking it in chronological order. Queen of the South and Inverness Cali Thistle. I think a lot of the, the listeners and viewers maybe have seen that one. It's on BBC and a comprehensive victory for Cali. Yeah, we said last week that um, we were, you know, glad that game was going to be on the on the television because of the kind of form that both teams are were, were coming into on. Uh, weren't let down by Inverness. They were a bit flat Queen of the South. They didn't really get going at all. Um, Alan Johnson said that himself, to be fair, after the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but Inverness, you know, the young players really came to the fore. I thought Kai Kennedy was was excellent. Really, uh, really confident. Kind of puts his foot in the ball, stands, stands you know, defenders up and takes them on. Um, real flashes of just kind of real skill. Um and, and drive and determination and a guy that's obviously trying to put himself out there knowing that you know Gerard will be keeping an eye, keeping an eye on how he's doing so every game he's playing at the moment he looks like he's kind of putting himself in the short window to say look when I come back to Ibrox I, I, I want to go for it sort of thing and he's, he's going about it the right way uh, with performances like that. Do you think um, on, on paper I would argue on paper, that Queen of the South midfield is probably the strongest part of their team. You know, with Fitzpatrick, Pybus, Joe McKee, who we, we both kind of like. Disappointing, weren't they, on Friday? It was a bit like basketball. There was no kind of shape in the middle of the park for, for either team, really, but especially Queen of the South for me. Yeah, there was no rhythm. There was no... Um, the, the, mid, the midfield were kind of bypassed for Queen of the South. Uh, McKee didn't really get on the ball. Mm-hmm. Pybus was, you know, it felt like he was in a second touch all the time and um, you know they they were a bit just from, from back to front they, they just lacked uh, cohesion I think mm-hmm. um, Connor Shields worked really hard um, he, he, couldn't, he couldn't have done more really to, to kind of he looked like the, the, the one that was desperate to get on the ball and, and desperate to kind of to get Queens back in it but um just, just in Venice, the, the like I said about the young players, um, obviously uh, McGregor scored a, a fantastic goal, but I thought he was, he looked apart as well, really dynamic. Uh, young Cameron Harper as well, um, he looks like you know he, he plays like a a really experienced fullback, kind of defies his age. Um, Miles Story as well, who I liked, he played he played out wide. I, I quite, I've always quite liked him. I've always. Like all all, the, all that he's lacked is is kind of like a decent goal return. Yeah, he's got he's all the goal of, attributes, doesn't he? The physical uh, attributes, like he's quite stocky, quite strong on the ball, decent pace. Yeah. I think he maybe a wee bit of composure, like you say, and a goal returns all that he's been missing. Yeah, a lot of like he does a lot of work off the ball as well. He's just one of those like 
honest guys it's it's you know good to have in your team but it just it's maybe a, one of those strange situations where a player seems made for a club eh? because he, he did well at Inverness a few years back and he's kind of been at a few clubs since then um, but now he's yeah. back at Inverness he seems to be kicking on it's strange sometimes how players are feel at home in certain places and it kind of gives them the freedom and confidence to go and play yeah I think you know he earned his move to, to Aberdeen by mm-hmm. putting in those kind of reliable performances that we talk of but yeah I think um, it's just it, it you know it fits at Inverness and he's maybe just at home there where the, the level is just right for him the pressure's maybe not mm-hmm. quite as intense as it might be um, at bigger clubs and things like that and it maybe just suits, suits the makeup of the player um, and it was he did score uh, and it was good to see I thought Dees was good as well at the back yeah I liked um, him at Alloa last year yeah and, aye, aye Inverness just Ridgers as well and goals just like really reliable I think he's, he's second in the league for, for saves um, yeah I saw that saves. yeah, yeah. Um, that stat I don't know is that a good thing because does that tell you that your defence are letting too many shots in if, if you're having to work the, work the keeper that much but you know he's doing he's doing what he's, he's obviously doing what he's supposed to be doing and mm-hmm. he is a he is a really uh, reliable kind of keeper as well so from right throughout the team they, they look they look strong and they look like they've got a bit of everything and they're making it interesting aren't they because obviously that nudged them to fifth so you've got Hearts obviously in 15 and Dunfermline behind them in 14 you've then got Wraith and Air 11 Cali 10 Dundee I'd argue aren't out of it yet in 8 so they're starting to get a bit of momentum Inverness uh, three wins in the last four with just one defeat I think that was probably against Hearts as well for memory yeah, a bit of momentum. They're they're starting to, you know, I don't think any of the three of us um, dismissed them uh, no, this no. season. But we 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 weren't sure if they were going to have enough to to actually, you know, properly penetrate the, the top four and stay there. But um, on this evidence, they're they're just they're not going to go away this season, are they? No, no, I don't think so. I think that they've talked in there nicely. Um, and this weekend, um, be interesting to see how they follow up. Obviously, they're at home at Dundee. Um, Dundee off the back of a a one 0 uh, win against Arbroath, which as we spoke about, they needed didn't they? by by hook or by crook, they needed three points there, and they've they've, they've managed to get it. Um, Jack Hamilton, I saw an interview with McPake after it, saying, you know, that's Jack Hamilton he kept his place and he's now done well and things. You're thinking, don't make the same mistakes, James. Like he's done well, but maybe let's not let's not get carried away with him. But a massive win for them, wasn't it? Yeah, he didn't. He didn't earn the nickname Flapjack for uh, for no reason. So I think you're right. Just just take it cautiously. They they won, but and and I think they, I think by the, by the looks of it, they were comfortable. They had more possession. They had more shots. But um, without blowing one trumpet, I, I predicted a out Dundee win and I predicted a narrow one. I even thought one 0 You did, yeah. You know, I, I I thought they would do it. Um, they they've kept the midfield three again. Um. Burn, Adam, and uh, Anderson, and now they might be kind of looking to sort of start to consolidate a back four now. With it looks that way, with doesn't Fon- it? Yeah. With Fontaine coming in, they just need to they just need to keep winning. It's yeah, McGowan as well with that goal after that interview he did. He's kind of putting his money where his mouth is, isn't he? After he kind of slaughtered them a couple of weeks ago after the air game, didn't he? Ah, he's back. He's backed up. He's backed that up. All right, with it, with that goal. And our both starting to get a bit more of a familiar shape. You know, that back four, Thompson, Little, O'Brien, 
Hamilton, you know, that, that once they can, talking, you're talking about the Dundee back four, that if, if Arbroath can get them bedded in with, I think it was Vertonen and Gold played in front of them, and then they had kind of Helsing, Craig and Lynn and, and Ruth, I think. So they need that back four in and settle, don't they, Arbroath, to, to give them a foundation. Yeah, definitely. There's no shame in that. Like Campbell's, Campbell said that, you know, people keep telling him that, that I think in, over the last four years, they've got the third best defensive record in Scotland. But he's like, I don't, I don't want to hear it. We're second of the bot, we're second bottom of the league. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He wants to. I think defence isn't isn't their issue anyway. As we talked about last week, it's scoring goals. Yeah. And um, you know, it's not easy to go to dens and score goals. He's tried to change it up, hasn't he? With, yeah, well, <laughs> 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 uh, tried to change up, hasn't he? With Roof playing, and we spoke about Bobby Lynn kind of being in and out. But obviously, Bobby Lynn's came back in. Helson started again. He was one we mentioned last week. Doolin can't get off the bench, can he? Like. I know we're puzzled by that <laughs> week in, week out. Just gonna, you would have expected to, to see him um, if you're chasing the game, you know, to try and get back into it, especially with a narrow uh, goal deficit, but not, no sign of it. Um, but I think, you know, people respect our growth a lot more now um, and, and the, 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 you know, the, the surprise element's gone. Um, again, to kind of quote, to quote Campbell, what he said after the game. Now yeah. people, now people take them, them deadly seriously, and like Alawa now becomes a must-win next week. I think. Yeah, and um, before we move on to that one, obviously we've now covered Inverness and Dundee. How do you see that game going up in Inverness on Saturday? Dundee travelling up there. Well, on evidence of of Friday night, mm-hmm. I I, th- I would back Inverness more than I would Dundee, um, because because uh, you know I don't. Quite trust Dundee at the moment, although they're off the back of some now half decent performance. We've seen that before, uh-huh. and um, things have kind of gone gone off the boil. But um, it's certainly poised very well, poised to be a, a good game. But um, I, I slightly slightly biased, as I say, because I'm I'm just off the back of watching a full a full game where Inverness looked um, really kind of dominant and and strong in all departments and. I think it'll be a draw. Um, like you spoke about, um, Cali obviously going well, but I think Dundee, we've said this how many times, like you just said there, how many times have they turned a corner? Uh, this, I think, is a true test of, of Havley. You know, they, they were unlucky against Hibs, looked to kind of regroup and go against Arbroath and managed to do that. But like you say, their back four's in there and settled now. Midfield three's been the same for the last few games, Barn, Adam and Anderson, which is a good mix, I think. Um, and then the front... Front kind of players have got your Kubiak playing McGowan, Mullen, and they're now starting, like you say, to get a bit of depth uh, with McGee, Kerr on the bench, Sol was on the bench, um, McDade. And I saw they played a bounce game midweek, uh, Dundee, I can't remember who it was against. I think Sol scored one or two, so maybe, maybe that's him starting to, to turn uh, a corner as well. So I fancy a draw up there. Um, I think McPake will just want to keep the unbeaten run going. Um, so maybe with 10 minutes to go, he's going to sit in and take a point, whereas Robbo, well, he wants to win every game, doesn't he? So it's going to be an interesting one, but, but I fancy a draw. Um, I don't think Dundee can afford to lose. Um, so as you spoke about there, our broth, they play Aloha. Aloha uh, last time out, 2-0 defeat at home to Ayr, um, which not great for them, does it? It leaves them rooted. I say rooted. They're a point, uh, they're a point off our broth, but that's, that's in bottom of the league and still... Uh, still struggling for a win. Ah, it's the the that settled goal scoring problem. You know, Peter Grant mm-hmm. said that they um, 
too many good chances that they didn't take. Uh, I think the final final third was was the problem, and it's exactly what we what we talked about. We got a lot of people online saying that, didn't we? Off the back of the last episode, was that people maybe feel that they are two players away from uh, from being a right good outfit, and but but especially the the issues are in the final third. Yeah, yeah, there was a couple of a couple of fans that that uh, agreed, which was always reassuring. <laughs> they even shaded the possession. Um, not many teams go to the, the wreck and and um, keep the Aloha. We've, we've kind of complimented Aloha mm-hmm. on their ability to do that recently. Uh, back to front here, they're they're looking good. The goalkeeper that's that's in alone. I think he's got the most saves in the division. He's been kept busy. I think Air Air tweeted that stat uh, this afternoon. Um, Dangerous up front, and Andy Murdoch, who got on the, the, the score sheet, I've always really liked him mm-hmm. since uh, I used to watch a lot of Morton when I did some work for a Premier Premier League club, and he was always a player that actually stood out to me. Good, really good all rounder. I, I I like Murdoch. He's he's used to the balls good there, but he's a rat as well, like in the nicest possible way. Like he'll he'll press high and he'll go and like latch onto players, and he'll, he'll kind of take the game up the pitch. He doesn't really like to sit off much. Um, Biggest blow for air was probably Cammy Smith getting sent off. You know, he's he's been massive for them, I think, since he went in. Um, a red card for him, disappointing because obviously they play uh, Wraith in a big game, which you'll be looking forward to, which we'll come on to. But blow for them, losing him. They made a few changes uh, after the Livingston result. I'd seen they brought on uh, Muirhead back in. Obviously, Cammy Smith came back in after his. Uh, after being cut tight, Redden dropped to the bench. He's kind of been a wee bit hot and cold for them, but no, a good win. Mikey Miller as well on the bench, but they've got good depth and a, a nice balance in the middle with Murdoch and Joe Chalmers because Joe Chalmers is another one that uses the ball well, isn't he? Nice tight yeah, player yeah, in the middle. Absolutely. But and obviously, I think Moffat was relatively quiet, but listen, two 0 win at Alwa, like you say, they've dominated the ball. Um, they've only conceded five goals in six games, more clean sheets than Carol Chamarco. So. Um, They've got to be happy with that uh, moving forward. So massive game, Arbro Fowler. What are you what are you thinking? Ah, it's a it's a massive game, and it's it's going to be it's going to be Arbro's chance to 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 really kind of be confident about taking the taking the game to the opposition and um, breaking that breaking that duck in front of goal. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the 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 amount of goals Alo are shipping now now's their chance. Um, you know, I wouldn't. If I'm Dick Campbell, you, you know, I don't think you're going to go changing too much. But you know, I think, I think, uh, in terms of a prediction, a one-one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, just, be, just because. Um, I think Alwa just. I think they're going to score. They've got the potential because they're doing all the, a lot of work in the right places, and I think it's, it, it is going to fall for them. With it, no disrespect to our bro, it's a clash of styles, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. It is, it's, it is a clash of styles, and I think if Alwa can get the ball on the deck um, and move it I around, I, which is a, a really difficult thing to do, I'm led to believe. But yeah, I, I just think both teams desperately need it. Um, our both could actually Queen of South go to Hearts, so our both could actually leapfrog them as well and take themselves up to eighth, and then they're starting to look ahead to Morton and seven points, and you know Dundee maybe only one ahead. And I think if, if Alwa lose, it's massive, isn't it? It's, it's it's a huge game for them. They they're going to need boys like Andy Graham, uh, Taggart to stand up because they're not the tallest of teams. So set pieces and things are both are strong at you know with that back like O'Brien and 
Hamilton attacks the ball really well. He's aggressive in the air. Little as well, though he's not the tallest, he's, he's, he's times a jump well and he's aggressive attacking the ball. So they're going to need to rely on Andy Graham and, and kind of keeping corners set pieces to a minimum, aren't they? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Um, they're going to, all are going to need the, the big guys to, to come out and, and lead. Um, and it, there's only a, a point difference between the teams, but there's there's completely, almost completely different incentives. Like you said, Ibroth can can leapfrog Queen of the South. We if we assume that that, that Hearts do beat them, um, and then come within a point of Martin, um, but Alwa are just looking to, to get off the foot of the table. They will mm-hmm. they will leapfrog um, leapfrog Arbroath. Uh, so there, there's two completely different incentives. Like Arbroath could get right back in it, and then you know with, with a bit of confidence they could return to some of the form they saw last season. If you're Peter Grant, are you taking a point now? I don't think so. I don't think no. you could. I don't think you could say he he would take a point. Um, it's the best chance of it's the best chance of winning a game um, on paper. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a it's a it's a it's a you know if he if he doesn't get if he doesn't you know if he doesn't get a win there, where's he going to get it from in the near future? True, um, true. I, I'm back in a broth. I think. Uh, I think just the where the game's being played, like I talked about, just the size difference, the styles of play. I fancy Arbroath to maybe soak up what Alwa have got. You know, the Arbroath will maybe be happy letting them have the ball and kind of playing in front of them. But as we spoke about last week, um, like like you say, that some of the listeners have kind of backed us on. I don't think there's any threat in behind um, Arbroath's back four coming from Alwa. So I think Arbroath will let them kind of play in front of them and then. They'll look to kind of maybe play more direct and, and kind of play for setting balls and knockdowns. Maybe Hilson will play and, and kind of look to build the game from there. So I'm I'm going to back another both one there. Um, but I they think both they both have a difficult run after this game. They both um, are both have Air United at home, mm-hmm. um, and then they're away to Dunfermline and then away to Hearts. Whereas uh, Alloa Alloa home to Inverness, home to Wraith, um, and then they go to Dundee. So when when you see those runs, I mean, in in a sense, yeah, maybe they do. Maybe they would take the point. Maybe avoiding defeat is is priority because you know they've both got equally hard runs to go into, and there doesn't look to be any danger of uh, any of them really pulling away no, from each no. other when you when you look at those those, those fixtures. But I think I don't um, you, you don't you don't you don't want to resign yourself to to, to being stuck in that bottom two battle. No, no, definitely not. And I think of all the Saturday three o'clock games, that's the one I'd want to be at, just as a entertainment factor. Maybe not one for the purists, but just given what's at stake, the contrasting styles of the teams, um, and and even the con- the contrasting styles of the managers. I think that's the game. Yeah, just shading ahead of Cali Thistle Dundee. That's the game I'd want to be at. The Hearts host Queen of the South. We've spoken about Queen of the South already. A disappointing. Um, defeat against Cali Thistle last weekend. Hearts kind of out-battled. <laughs> I think that was one of the questions we'd asked on social media. Can Hearts out-battle Morton? And it seems like seems like they did on Saturday. Jamie Walker, I think, my double. Jamie Walker with a double I. Um, yeah, they, they went there and they, they took two-thirds of the possession. Um, we, we knew Morton would try and try and sit in, but um, I, I thought they might I thought they might hold Hearts. I don't know. I had an inkling that they might kind of... Um, Snuff them out and, and keep it keep it 
round about as well. But um, I think Hearts just had too much quality. Martin had twice as many fouls as Hearts did. Yeah, I think they're the highest foulers in the division, actually, Martin. Um, so, it, it, you know, they've got to play at their strengths when Hearts come. You know, I, I don't always buy this kind of thing where... I'm not saying Nielsen did, but sometimes you get managers coming and, and criticising teams that sit in and don't allow them to play. No. You, you get you get it in the Premier League, you know, when Man City go to Palace. And, um, Even Palace Levy might... against Rangers at the start of the season, you know, now Levy got a bit of criticism for sitting in, didn't he? Yeah, and I would, what I would say to the managers is, right, you jump in the other dugout then and, and you come out and play and, OK, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I've heard Guardiola complain about Crystal Palace, you know, sitting in. I, I mean, I know I'm going off on a tangent, but it's like, all right, Pep, you jump in the... You swap seats with Roy Hodgson and then you try and come out and attack Man City with, with right, that Crystal right. Palace team and you'll get scudded, you know, mm-hmm. or 5-0. So uh, you've, got to, what, you've got to play, play to strengths and... I think I think what Nielsen said was he'd started with Andy Halliday as like in front of his back four, and then Andy Irvin and Ollie Lee as like the two in front to kind of go and push on because and he said himself Halliday's probably the best of those three at getting on the second balls and winning battles which we spoke about that they would need to do, but then he said it, it didn't it wasn't as physical as he's anticipated so they actually moved Andy Irvin to the one the deepest one to get on the ball and play forward and then Halliday. And Lee went and made runs forward, so it's, it's interesting. And he also said that he played Walker and Naismith both as like number tens to let the fullbacks push on, and that, that was something he was going to try and do. So he's another one that kind of likes playing with his tactics, kind of mid game and stuff. And it was interesting that he'd put Halliday in there initially just to to win second balls, as we'd kind of spoken about. Yeah, that's an interesting tactical point that he's obviously um, prepared for the the kind of. It's interesting you came out and said that. I like it when managers do that. Yeah, it's good to get that, um, you know, a bit of inside, uh, inside, you know, a bit of like behind the scenes of how they're how they're mm-hmm. thinking. Um, you can see it because it's quite a it's quite a conservative midfield three anyway. When you think of Irving, I think he's quite a defensive minded midfielder. As yeah, well, he's quite a big guy. Sets in, doesn't he? he plays forward, but he doesn't yeah. really go beyond himself. Yeah. And and Ollie Lee can be quite combative as well when he needs to be. So, um, but I think yeah, you know that's Hart suddenly snuck to the back, back to the top of the table, mm-hmm. and uh, they might they might start to motor now. We've got um, three home games coming up: Queen of the South, Fair, Arbroath. Um, they couldn't handpick the better one, could they for Saturday? No, yeah. You, I mean, I think you, you're looking at that going out, and they're going to really um, be too much for Queen of the South. Um, no, they're not chop of the, the, the confidence uh, quite nicely timed probably for the for the Scottish Cup final. Mm-hmm. No, I definitely, I, I, yeah, I can't see any past the Hearts win. It was interesting because they were playing Walker or Naismith wide and I saw a few fans saying, you know, neither of them are wide players, but now if he's playing them kind of both narrow to let Smith and Kingsley push on, that's going to bring out the best in them. And he's got the option of going wide with um, Elliot Freer and Roberts and generally and obviously Whiting and Boyce up top I just I don't think Queen of South have got it in them to sit in and, and kind of defend and I don't think the manager probably trusts his back foot to do that so I, I can't see anything beyond a, a convincing Hearts win um, and then probably highest scoring potentially highest scoring game of the weekend Air against Wraith I think this is on the TV as well isn't it um, we've spoken about Air keep it tight at the back a lot of threats going forward albeit missing Cammy Smith 
Wraith, they'll be disappointed, won't they, Wraith, given the timing of the Dunfermline and goals and the way the game went? Yeah, I think they'll be disappointed to, to throw a 2-0 uh, lead, especially taking the, that you know that, that second goal um, roundabout just after the hour mark, you'd think. Yeah, 65. Maybe, maybe yeah. that's, yeah, that's kind of almost put the put the nail in the coffin. But, you know, Dunfermline uh, obviously come out fighting. I think Crawford's tweaked um, tweaked his formation again. He's taken um, Ian Wilson off for Fraser Murray. So he's obviously, yeah. he's obviously with Wilson being a kind of defensive uh, midfielder, he's obviously taken um, a wee change of shape there and put Murray up. And he's come straight on and, and scored, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Detlass has hit one straight after. So it could, could be another... Tactical masterstroke from from Crawford once I'm again, sort of what, being a bit uh, of a chameleon and uh, you know adapting to situations. Uh, whereas a lot of managers are, I think, a wee bit um, worried to you know they're a wee bit scared of doing that of of, of tinkering too much. But mm-hmm. it's obviously. I'm assuming Whitaker was injured for Wilson to be playing because Whitaker wasn't even on the bench and he's been going alright for him, hasn't he? But yeah, it would usually yeah, it would usually be Whitaker sitting in, in front of that that back four. Um, so yeah. Um, I think I saw Turner got player of the month as well. He's a player you like, isn't he? Yeah, I've always always liked Kyle Turner. Um, right from when he was at, he was absolutely bossing it for Stranar. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, can you believe they had a couple of seasons ago they had Kyle Turner and Ali McCann as their central midfield pair? <laughs> um, it's frightening. Um, yeah, and and like you said, Crawford he, he is kind of chopping and changing, but he's kind of keeping. Elements of the team the same, isn't he? You've always kind of got Murray and Watson at centre half, and Edwards at left back, and Mayo's kind of in at right back now. And but Thomas and Dow kind of as his wide ones, and McManus is pretty much an started every game. So it seems to be that middle of the park where he's kind of chopping and changing the match or to suit suit the fixtures. So how do you think he'll go? Um, they're at home at Morton actually. We'll come on to that. So we'll come on to Wraith next. They're going to have to bounce back, aren't they? Wraith? That was a disappointing. Like we say, conceding two goals there, and that's them now lost one and drawn one of the last two, which is hardly a crisis, but they could do with kind of bucking that trend, couldn't they? I see any alarm bells being being rung there at the moment at all. I think, I just think that that's not a disaster, to, you know. To, no, because it was away at Inverness, wasn't it? That that they lost, and like you said, draw with Dunfermline's not not the end of the world. And 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 it's you know the fact that they were they were they can be two 0 up. Um, it's just some. Something that they maybe need to they learn from that game, you know, and maybe go right. How can we how can we close out a game? How can we work on that? Um, they're still getting like fifty percent of their, their shots on target. They're still they're still gonna they're still gonna score goals. I, you know, I don't I don't worry about Rafe at all. Um, no. Interesting. I, they, they, you know, I think they might bit. I think they might drop they might drop away from the from the top. You know, the mm-hmm. top two kind of the fight, but. Yeah, Spencer on on the bench. It looks like they've gone Ross um, Armstrong. They've gone Ross and Armstrong wide. Yeah, Tate, Henry, Matthews, the three in the middle. And um, Spencer Davidson, kind of just come in and scored. That's that's uh, three goals and six now. I, I don't know if uh, Davidson will necessarily mm-hmm. you know yeah. get back in that team um, unless if he does come in, they're going to have to take McDonald out and put Masonda left back. I think, but um, he's what he's. I think you know him and, and Manny Duke scoring two summer signing. Or there might be if they if they carry on the way they're they're going, there might start to be a bit of interest in some of these these race rovers players. I think mm, definitely from 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 bigger clubs if there's not already. I'm gonna back Air uh, to to beat them actually. 
3-2. I keep saying 3-2 every week. I'm going to keep saying it until I'm correct. What do you think on the outcome of that one? Yeah, I've, I've actually gone for the reverse scoreline. I've gone 3-2 uh, Wraith. Q&L-nil. Exactly. Um, so that comes out, brings us into the, the last game of the championship card, which is Dunfermline against Morton. Dunfermline was spoken about um, just there just now. Morton was spoken about in the Hearts game, but obviously David Hopkin just leaving Morton. Kind of strange timing, wasn't it? Strange announcement. He's away, the goalie coach is away, but the assistant's staying. It's a, and I don't think anyone kind of saw it coming, did they? No, um, I read the statement on, on Twitter that the club put out, and it, it's a strange one. It, it seems to have, you know, like he's gone into the office for a, for a cup of tea, and he's, and he's ended up at the end of the conversation. He's left, left the club. Um, you know, albeit, you know, by all accounts, for the, for, with the right intentions in mind, um, do you not know, you know think if it was financial that he might have said to them, look, I'll stay and I'll work for free or I'll stay and I'll take a 50%, 75% pay cut or I'll stay and you can defer my wages? Do you not think there's ways that he could have saved the club money without walking out the door? Playing I, would say that, I would say there is ways, yeah. Um, I, I would say, I don't know, I'm not David Hopkin and I don't know his financial situation. So um, it, it's it's possible yeah there is ways that, that that could have happened and I think that's that's three managers now that have, have you know left Mark Green at Martin in kind of sort of ambiguous circumstances mm-hmm. so I don't know um, if there's something something behind the scenes there I don't know but um, they've got yeah Anton uh, Michelone who's the, the who was his assistant coming in and like you say um, kind of Shadowed by Chris Miller, Jim McAllister, Brian McLean, all guys kind of of the <clears> age who will be, you know, will might have their badges or will be doing their badges. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's a good kind of, it's a good good kind of like a squad to have to have Miller's looking looking been, over things. I think Miller's been doing kind of the pre-match warm-ups and stuff as well, so um, right, yeah. they'll kind of be used to that. And I think. Looking at the squad that they've got, like you said, that they've obviously got McLean stepping up to help McAllister Miller. But looking at the rest of the squad, you've got boys like Kyle Jacobs in there, McGinty, Gary Oliver. You know, they're all kind of experienced players, so they should be able to kind of ride this out and get behind the, the interim manager until we see what happens. But um, I was thinking about it. There may be a couple of managers out of work who would go in there for nothing to try and kind of... Re- re- uh, put himself back in the spotlight and rebuild their reputation. Maybe John Hughes, for example, would be one that would maybe go in there without taking a wage and maybe a bonus if they stay up or whatever. Yeah, definitely. It's a it's a it's a really good club. Um and they're not in any danger. You know, it's a so ma- it's a, mass- it's a, yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. It, it's clear he's not walked out for footballing reasons because as as we said last week, they're not they're not doing a lot more and but they're not they're, they're just kind of like they're just kind of treading water quite happily, um, mm-hmm. so it's they, they were all right. They were obviously um, not in any immediate danger. So I don't think it's well. It's, they've already said it's not not for football and reasons he's walked. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a very good club in a kind of decent position to, for somebody to just walk in and I likes the likes of John Hughes would would, would snap up that opportunity. You think? How do you think they'll fare going to uh, East End Park on Saturday? I, I I can't I can't see um I can't see them, you know. It's, I think that's rocked them too much for 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 them to kind of 
they'll probably prepare it for the same way that they're going to prepare You know, they're going to play 3 5 two, aren't they? And... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think I think under Hopkins, they're, they're not going there and winning either. So, you know, if he's still there, it doesn't really matter who's in the in the double. Mm-hmm. I think Dunfermline will be will have too much of them for them. I think um, you might see you know Harris starting. You might see Murray starting. Um, yeah, based on his performance. Just, yeah, yeah, they're just going to stretch. You know, the the back three of uh, of Montrose far far yeah, too much. That- I think. The wide players, I think, like you spoke about, with the shape that uh, Morton play, I think the wide players will make the difference here, Thomas and Dow. Um, yeah. Obviously, the wing-backs will obviously for Morton come back and get goal side of them, but um, the left-back for Dunfermline, whose name escapes me. So, uh, Josh Edwards. Josh Edwards likes to get forward as well, so there'll maybe be overloads kind of down that side. And uh, Mayo's relatively comfortable on the ball at right-back, so, although albeit he's a centre-half, but... If O'Hara plays, we spoke about this last week actually, O'Hara likes that run down his right, the opposition left, so him and Dow maybe potential for a link up there, and that's something Crawford might look at as well. So, no, I'm backing up the Fellman victory as well. Um, yeah, it's always a danger when you play a back for you, um, if your wing backs can't get back, you know, it's always a danger of getting done on the counter. So I'll be interested because we, we, like, we quite like Strap, don't we? Uh, left wing back for Martin, so this will be a test for him against Dow and potentially that overload with uh, O'Hara coming down that side as well. Yeah, 100%. So that, that rounds up the predictions and review of the championship. So just to summarise, Air Wraith, I've got Air, Muzz has got Wraith. Arbroath, Aloha, I've got Arbroath, Muzz has got a drop. Dunfermline, Morton, we've both got Dunfermline. Hearts, Queen and South, we've both got Hearts. And Inverness, Dundee, Muzz has got Inverness and I've got Dundee. So some contrasting opinions, some uh, agreement there. So that takes It'd be boring us- if we agreed on everything, though. It would, to be fair. And we'll see how many we get right. Um, so that takes us into League One, where, Maz, if anyone had backed the winners, McBookie could have been out of business. So we had three absolute, uh, very strange results and surprising, but gives us a hint into the competitive nature of the league, doesn't it? Obviously, Partick and Dumbarton 0 now, albeit Brian Graham's missed an absolute sitter after he's missed his penalty. Uh, East Fife beat Airdrie 2 0, and Montrose went up to Cove and, and beat them 2 1. Uh, so three three kind of random results there. Yeah? yeah, it's very much tells the tale of this this league. Um, it's it's so unpredictable, um, and and on their day, um, there's any any team that can that can really take anyone. I think the the um, kind of only result you could potentially have predicted was Falkirk beating Peterhead, and I think you saw a fair bit of this one, didn't you? Yeah, um, I, I did. Um, Falkirk were. Very impressive in the, in, the, in the first half, especially. Um, Salmon and Dowds look to have, have formed quite a good partnership. And they've kept Francis out of the team. And it's interesting because somebody on YouTube had said they were missing Kina, I think, or was it was it Pine Bovel? Anyway, when we were speaking about Falkirk, they were kind of maybe saying they were lacking a goal scorer. But you think the front two on Saturday did well? Yeah, I, I was just going to say that they're keeping Francis out of the team and, and Keane obviously waiting to, to come back from, from injury. I mean, it's given them uh, an opportunity to kind of strike up a bit of a, a partnership. Um, Both quite physical, aren't they? Two, Capable of holding their own. Yeah. Um, Falkirk did try to hit them hit them directly and the two of them kind of took it in turns to, to drop and receive while the other one would run on um, and... Dowds looked especially dangerous playing on the shoulder and um, a lot of long balls put in behind and he can 
he shakes off the last defender and he can get in behind. And he actually got in behind a couple of times and I think he's he's had a decent effort saved. Uh, see, when I seen the Falkirk midfield four, obviously Morrison, Telfer, Alston and Gomez, they're all, maybe not including Alston, they're all quite small and slight build. How did they get on against Peterhead? Did Peterhead try and kind of latch on and bully them or did, did Falkirk manage to keep the ball and, and move it around them so they didn't get drawn into that physical battle? Very much the latter. Um, Falkirk moved the ball um, too much for, for Peterhead. They, I know what you're saying. Um, they're quite small and slight, but they, they did. Peterhead did quite well uh, keeping Morrison from from hitting the byline. They forced him inside a lot, as well as Telfer. Um, mm-hmm. And early doors, Morrison was was having to carry the ball inside, and he, he did get tackled a few times. But um, they started going down the right a bit more. Falkirk through through Telfer. Telfer would drift inside, and that would kind of invite Mercer to overlap. Mm-hmm. And when, when they did this, Morrison would just make for the box and get himself in really, uh, really dangerous goal-scoring positions. Um, and, so, and for Peterhead, was Boyd up front by himself? Yeah, I think so. Uh, with Cook uh, on the left and, and Conroy on the right with uh, Brown, McCarthy and, and Fraser kind of in the middle. I think Fraser more behind the, behind the striker, mm-hmm. um, which made it all the more kind of impressive the way Alston and Gomez kind of and Telfer kind of dictated play um, with with Peterhead having the extra man in midfield. They kind of they just over overloaded Peterhead in the in the first half. Really created all those chances that I was mentioning with Dowd and Connor getting in the channels and spinning off, etc. Um, that's him now. For Sam Cooper was, was was very well. You know, good composure as well. He seems to. Have, Hit a wee bit for him, Simon. He can be a bit selfish, I think. Still, he can he can pass up, you know, cut back opportunities for for trying to shoot. But and that's him now for Clara Cove, who I don't think anyone saw them uh, getting beaten off Montrose again. It's a team you like, Montrose, isn't it? So they were maybe due to do some, maybe due to do something up there. I don't know. I don't know about like, but I, I kind of respect. Uh, yeah, you, you like their, you appreciate their style them. and what they try to do. Yeah, they're they've got a, they're very combative and you know, they they pl- they they don't make it easy for anyone. They're they're just like some of their players, just terriers, you know, like your Ballantines and mm-hmm. um and both both the Ballantines actually, um very physical. Uh, Waddell and, and, and Dylan really experienced at the back but they are vulnerable at the back as well um, they're, they're, they lack a bit of pace Steve's I really like um, mm-hmm. in an attacking sense he's really uh, kind of gung-ho gets really good crosses into the box and I, I wasn't I wasn't ex- I, I, you know they'll give anyone a game there, there's no fixture involving Montrose across the course of the season that that any t- any t- team will find like a walkover, um, but um, I think Cochrane's really made a massive difference. We there. spoke. He's I was about to say we, we spoke him. We spoke about him then we last week, and he came in this week and played the ninety. Ah, it was a. He just he went to Montrose quite under the radar, and um, he didn't start against Park Thistle the game I was at, but he started up at Cove, and I think he's um, by all accounts really come in and and been really kind of dynamic. Mm-hmm. I think he started instead in Mulford. Drive forward with the ball. Uh, and Dried, yeah. Waddle had a good game. He's so important yeah. for them at the back, isn't he? 
Aye, he's he's got all the uh, he's got all the attributes for this league, for centre half of this league. Uh, lacks a wee bit of pace. Sometimes he sometimes he steps out rashly and can get can get done. But um, I think having Dylan next to him as well, Dylan's mm-hmm. such a cool head um, and experienced head to have. Um, it's, a, it's a really it's a really solid partnership to be honest at the back there. Well, they've went up there and kind of ground out because I think, from memory, the possession was very close. Um, but I think Montrose only had two shots on target, which obviously they scored both of. But listen, you could you can put it stats two ways, can't you? Can you can say they only had two shots, or you could say they were clinical. Um, yeah. But they'll take it. I think it was Cove's first defeat up there in the league. Uh, yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's right. So um, they're now. Uh, it was apparently it was a a, a a right good goal by Russell McLean. That's that's. Uh, yeah, contributed towards that win. You know, another another kind of big guy. You know, he's tall. He's he's tall, a bit gangly. He's very raw. You know, mm-hmm. um, uh, kind of like a bit of a ropey first touch, um, but but again plays to his strengths. And he's, I think, if Montrose are obviously going with him um, as their focal point, and what 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 Montrose lack is is a kind of clinical goal scorer because they've got kind of a bit of everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, but they obviously lack a, a out and out scorer, um, so they're persistent with McLean. And he's, you know, there's he's diff- there's different ways he can, you know, you can use him. Um, but he, you know, he, he tries to he tries to hold up. He's he's okay for a big guy. He's like not the best in there, but he he tries to hold up more. He's a bit he's a bit like Blair Henderson. You know, he'll take a foul if he has to. He'll sometimes if he's flick on and help it on. Still relatively young, isn't he? Yeah, he's still twenty one, twenty two. Yeah. Um, and like turn, you know, I think he's turned and pretty much papped it in the top top bag. Which, when you look at him, you you don't think he's that kind of player. But mm-hmm. um, they've they've done well coming from a goal down up there as well. But for Cove, that's two defeats and a draw in the last three. Aye, is is this the the honeymoon period over? To to use a cliche, and are they suddenly you know finding themselves? Uh, you know, and about realizing that that you know they're finally accustomed to the to the step up and level, and mm-hmm. um, they, you know they still got the play. You know they still got your Megansons and Fraser Fivey. Yeah, Massen, you've yeah. played at a higher level and can Blair Yule as well. Um, mm-hmm. But you know maybe are are the kind of um, Ronnie McAllister are the kind of um, you know your 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 fringe players now are they are they going to help Keep Cove up at this level, or is it going to? Are they going to have to get to the end of the season, and then look 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 to the transfer market and and kind of re-strengthen to take them just up to that, yeah, up to that next level, you know. And they they go to Dumbarton on Saturday, who obviously drew now now with Partick, and we were just saying Partick were playing well, and they looked to have played much the same team Partick as they did when you saw them. Obviously, Penrice in the middle with Banigan and Dockery. Murray and Cardley, their side of Graham, and obviously Graham's missed a penalty and then a sitter, as I've said. But um, great point for Dumbarton. I think they only had one shot and it wasn't even on target, but I think Partick had over 20. So I think that tells a story in terms of the way the game's gone. But listen, a point's a point and it's a clean sheet. Uh, it's just uh, that, that those those kind of statistics, it's just Dumbarton all over this this season. That'll be like just music to Jim Duffy's ears. I was going to say that. that. The, they the, needed that because they'd got... lost three before that. Yeah, yeah, and um, they, they they started this season, you know, 
they were they were flying at like five miles an hour, if that made sense. They were they were up up to up to fourth, just playing the way they play, um, which everybody knows how to line up really, um, but it's very difficult to to play against them. Um, and they're playing I think, church left thought, midfield, aren't they? And you think he's naturally a left back, so I think that kind of I, sums up what they're doing. And they're playing uh, Adam Frizzell up front, I think, with yeah, with Jones. started him up front with Jones when Frizzell's a I think he's a natural left left midfielder or mm-hmm. or a, mm-hmm. certainly a, a he's certainly a wide player, I think, by yeah. by trade. So yeah, he's he's a he'll chop he'll chop and change uh Jim Duffy. Remember he's only he's only got a he can only kind of work with the tools he's got. But having said that, you know, I think they had um, I think they had seven men on the bench. Well, they had three more men on the bench than Partick, which is a Astounding, isn't yeah. it? Um, mm-hmm. I thought Partick would. Yeah, they've, they've they've looked good. They've looked good, but they've it's only been by fine margins, to be fair. And this looked like it was going to go that way. You know, when you when when you saw that um, they had a penalty, you could see them just seeing that out one 0 and, mm-hmm. and that's kind of been the the way they've been playing the last few weeks. But even missing um, that penalty, would, that was as before. I thought they'd benefit wasn't it? from the the extra man in midfield as well. Um, but having said that. Neither of neither of Pinrice, uh, Ross Doherty or um, Bannigan are, are going to make runs beyond. If, if you've if, if you've got an extra if you've got an extra man in midfield against mm-hmm. Dumbarton, you want to be making those third man runs because Weatherburn's not really going to get back. Um, you know, That's... likes it likes you. You want to be really seasonal on that opportunity, but. I don't think any of those three midfielders or Partick are, are going to burst beyond. So no, it's, you're looking it's, at just Cardle coming in off the side. It's almost as, as kind of opposite of Stevie Crawford, isn't it? Now, Crawford, we've spoken about chopping and changing to suit the opposition and the, the style he's expected for them. McCall, it seems like he got a good performance from that 11 the week before and he just rolled them out again. Now he's got Blair Lyons on the bench. Could he have, have played Lyons instead of one at midfield three? Off a side and played Cardle in behind, or could Lions went and played as a two with Graham, or you know, yeah, has we, he got to be making we, changes to that team. Do you need three centre midfielders against Dumbarton at home? We had this debate last week. Um, where, where does play, play Lions fit in? And I, I think you've nailed it there. I think you take one of those midfield three out, um, get even get Lions in there, but making those runs beyond, mm-hmm. like I said, because you know, what's the point in lining up with an extra man against? The Martin in midfield. If you're not gonna, if you're not gonna make those kind of third man runs to support Brian Graham, and you know really kind of exploit the the lack of pace that the Martin have in that centre midfield, mm-hmm. um, because that back, the back four, um, the Martin have are, are kind of they're well tuned to to just dealing with all kind of like traffic. So um, that's probably why they've grounded out. That result because they they can they can kind of cope with anything that comes at them, in that back four. And I think that the game needed to be won in midfield, um, and Partick have just fallen short. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like we spoke about there, um, Dumbarton host Cove. I, I I can see Cove bouncing back to be honest, uh, and getting a win a win there at the Rock. Um, how do you see that one going? Um, actually, I'm actually going for a, another nil nil. Have you? Um, yeah, I think I think Dumbarton will might um, might build that. Um, 
if if they can get a if they can get a nil nil draw at Firhill, I think they can they can hold Cove at home as well. Famous last words. And Partick, obviously we've spoken about there. They play Forfar, who didn't play last week due to uh, the, the game being called off. So hard to comment fully on Forfar. So I'll just ask you for a prediction for that one. Yeah, Forfar are going to give them a, another battle as well. It's it's going to be much in the same ilk of the Montrose game, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and Partick have they're they're proving that they can mix it in that kind of those kind of physical games. But you know they're obviously just missing that extra. Kind of key to, to fully unlock the door. So I've I've gone for a I've gone for a draw there. I've gone for one one something like that. Another. I've gone for a narrow Partick win. I think this is maybe the game where you play that midfield free <laughs> to look to kind of play your way into the game and fight fire with fire with four four and maybe then rely on your front feet to do something. And after an hour, you can then throw on a Lions or something like that. Aye, because the same for for Warfare's midfield and it does for Barton the real, there's a lack of pace in Irvin mm-hmm. and, and Archie Thomas there to be exploited if you've got Cardell Murray Lyons coming in off the side and one of them running beyond from the middle it's going to be a lot to, a lot for Forfar to cope with As we've spoken about as well with the Forfar back four kind of almost being makeshift and missing Anderson and Travis and White so Sorry, it's a brave man to back the job but fair play to you and I'll take Partick. So we've touched on Montrose there. Um, obviously, great result for them up in Cove. They travelled to Airdrie, who surprised defeat to East Fife Jack Hamilton with a goal in either half. I think. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't predicting that at all. Um, no, we both thought Airdrie would would go there and win that. But to be fair, to, uh, East Fife they yeah. kind of needed something, didn't they? They've had the they've had a wee bit of a breakish fife to maybe to maybe think things over and, and what went wrong. Mm-hmm. Three points off the playoffs now by game in hand. Yeah, I know it's that's 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 the league, it's mental. Um but they were so insipid against Thistle, they were they just I think they had a couple of shots and I don't know if they registered one on target. Um so I think uh, they're a lot they're a lot more of a safer bet at home. It's a bit of a <laughs> it seems like more of a kind of tighter pitch. Um, they made a couple of tweaks. I think they put uh, Watson in for Ross Dunlop. Yeah. Um, and the young boy Newton came on. Um, they needed pace, and he's come on. He started for Denham, and Ryan Wallace has come back in, who I think's made a big difference as well. Yeah, he came in for um, Smith, I think, didn't he? Yeah, Kevin Smith's a bit, you know, lacks the legs. Wallace will kind of, Wallace will kind of a bit more. Uh, Sort of industrious, and he's he's actually worked. He's he's kind of worked, uh, done all the work to get that cross in mm-hmm. uh, for mm-hmm. Jack Hamilton's first goal. And then, and no matter how early you line up, you can't account for things like um, Crichton just mullering the ball off the back of uh, Jack Hamilton and mm-hmm. and Hamilton running in. So I think that the manager was quite quite rightly frustrated with that. You know, Crichton. No disrespect to Crichton because he's been he's been a really he's been good um, this season. Uh, he's been good this season. He's, he was, he was, a, you know, a really um, standout kind of player last season as well. Um, just really reliable. Um, so ever makes mistakes, but um, there's only so much you can prepare for a game and when things like that happens. And and it's a it's a worrying bit of inconsistency Adrian is showing. Um, yeah, the last three games have had a draw, a loss, and a win. So it's uh, <laughs> as inconsistent as you get. Yeah. And, and that, they, for that reason, I I wouldn't Sorry, be surprised if he, no, I was just saying for that 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 reason and the, the kind of pattern that's that's emerging, I wouldn't be surprised if he go and play really well against Montrose and beat them, you know. 
I like Airdrie at home. I think they, they, they like to get the ball down and play, don't they? Especially in the final third, Sabatini, uh, Robert. Spoke about them all last week. Carrick dropping in, linking up. Stokes a good player. Thompson gets it, boys, 1v1 um, when he plays Calm Gallagher. So with it being Airdrie at home, I think I think Airdrie will win. Um, I'd be interested to see what Murray does. Does he bring Stokes back in or Gallagher back in? I'm surprised to see Gallagher on the bench, but he's maybe thought Connell gives him a bit more physicality against East Fife, especially away from home. Um, and I think East Fife away as well. You need Mackay and Karen there, but at home, I mean, Trolls, does he maybe go Sabatini and Kerr with Stokes in behind? Or He's got options, doesn't he, Murray? And I, I like them at home. Like you say, I think travelling to East Fife maybe didn't suit them with a slightly um, tighter pitch and it's not the most conducive for getting the ball down, whereas, like I say, at home, I'll let the ball players kind of play. So I, I fancy Airdrie to kind of bounce back and get a win there. Yeah, what about yourself? Yeah, I, I, I tend to, to tend to agree with what you're saying. Um, I don't think you'll make radical changes, but um, you could see Gallagher coming back in for sure. Um, although if you're using the physical kind of um, reasoning for, for Connell coming in, you look at Waddell, you look at Dylan, you think maybe is he going to keep with that, you know, that mm-hmm, more physical mm-hmm. physicality? But, uh, you know, like you said, they'll get the, the ball down and play and try and stretch Montrose. Mm-hmm. And I think they, I think there's space in behind those fullbacks that they can they can take advantage of. You know, we've seen how dangerous they are on the on, on the wings and coming in off the sides with Robert and things like that. Ballantyne um, Bal- tends to get drawn inside. Uh, Steves gets kind of goes forward and, and leaves a lot of space behind him. Webster well, sort of struggles to get back as well. See, when I've seen Adrian, Robert isn't the most industrious against the ball in terms of matching runners and things. So if he's playing off the right, but again, too tactical, and uh, Steve's does go forward, it's going to be interesting if Robert cheats a wee bit, like you say, there's big gaps there that, that Adrian can then look to play on the counter. Or will Robert stay high and then Steve's will maybe, or maybe curtail Steve's a wee bit and he'll have to sit off the game with half an eye on so I think that could be one of the key tactical battles is one is Steve's strengths, like we say, it's probably his strength going forward. Robert's is not defended, but it's going forward. So if he cheats, what does Steve's do? It gives him a decision to make, doesn't it? Especially away from home. Yeah, it's um, it's one of those kind of gambles that can can make a break a game uh, for sure. Um, and yeah, the the, full, the fullbacks could be how they, you know, get at get at Montrose. Parag did it to an extent. They, they did a lot of triangle passes to get around the fullbacks inside and out and it forced them into a lot of uh, Steve's and Ballantyne into a lot of sort of chasing back. And in fact Ballantyne I thought I thought it was a penalty actually. He was he was caught chasing back and he he, he took out um Brown up there. So I think they can when you press that back four and you and you get behind them, you, when you press Dylan and Modell on the ball, the, the Montrose try and play short from the back sometimes for, for, for reasons like I don't know I don't mm. know why because they're not they're not suited to the, that game, Dylan and Modell. And the Fleming will roll, roll it out to them and they'll take a couple of touches and then become completely indecisive and not, not know what mm. to do and they'll just end up shelling it. Yes. Part it kind of cottoned on to that. They smelled blood and started pressing them. So there is weaknesses and it shows um it shows with Montrose they've they, they score goals, but they, they've conceded a lot. They've conceded the most goals in the league. Mm-hmm. It's almost one of those ones, isn't it, where instead of preventing the shot to the centre-half, you almost want to sit off the game 
like you say, let Fleming play short, and that's the trigger to then go and press. You don't want to sit up too high and have Fleming go long. You, you want to kind of sag off the game. <clears throat> He'll play at the centre-halves, and then you go and press them. And they're just, front three are all mobile. You know, they're, they're, they can cover ground, and they press well. Um, I haven't seen them, especially Gallagher, Carrick presses. Connell's enthusiastic. Robert's the one that you'd maybe question, but can he have an, an impact keeping Steve's quiet? So, interesting game, that. And we both kind of back Airdrie especially myself being at home. So the last two games, Falkirk travelled to Clyde. Obviously, Clyde not played due to COVID. I think just Falkirk now are on a run. Like you spoke about, Dowds and uh, Salmon seem to be linking up well. Good options. Um, again, the, the surface there is similar to what they've got at the Falkirk Stadium. So I'm going to back a Falkirk win against Clyde. Peterhead host East Fife. And I think East Fife will go out there and get a result off the back of the, like you say, they've, they've made a couple of tweaks, brought in a bit more pace, a, couple of cha- a change at the back, a change at the top end of the park as well. And I can't see anything beyond an East Fife win there. So what are you thinking, Muzz, for Clyde Falkirk and Peterhead East Fife? Yeah, I agree with you with, with Falkirk. Um, I think they'll, they'll motor on. Um, you, you see, you know, the guys they can they can bring on if they need to change something. They can bring on Robbie Leach, Shaden Connolly, mm-hmm. um, Akil Francis, things like that. You, you look at Clyde, like, well, where can they reach to if they're if they're toiling and, and chasing yeah. a game? It's the the resources are 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 kind of in a different league, um, and as as good as Clyde can be on their day when when they fancy it, and especially when Goodwillie fancies it, and they've had a they've had a couple of them. Um, Impressive results sandwiched in between some largely pretty poor performances. Yeah, we so, don't even know if they've been training, do we? So it's hard, yeah. especially with Falkirk being full time. I would, and we don't know which players are affected yet and things like that. So mm-hmm. um, I, I think it's a it's a it's a couple of weeks now they've they've sat out and it might just be a bit too long. It's it might be a bit stagnant and take a while to get out the traps. So Falkirk every day for me. I love it that the, the league's that tight, that Clyde are second bottom. They've only played five games, so they've got two games in hand. If they win both their games in hand, they go to further. <laughs> I don't think they will, but it just kind of summarises that league, isn't it? There's five points between, or six points between third and bottom. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, and, it's, uh, and Peterhead, uh, like I said, obviously you saw for a bit of them last weekend, hosting East Fife. Peterhead need yeah. to change something, don't they? Yeah, yeah, I think they'll um, they'll they'll be back back at home. They'll be kind of like a different a different kind of uh, sit. I think they'll set up slightly differently, um, and I think they'll fancy themselves against East Fife. Um, I think they'll I think they'll believe in themselves. Um, East Fife on the road, they've been a bit um, a bit poor this this, this season. Um, Three three defeats on the road. I actually, I think the against Airdrie was a lot to do with a poor performance by Airdrie rather than some, you know East Fife mm-hmm. suddenly kind of turning the corner. I'm not yet to be convinced, so I think it's going to be tighter. I think it's going to be a, a draw. I'll, I'll go for the draw, but I wouldn't be surprised if Peterhead actually snuck that. And I saw just to kind of round up on Peter Head that Gary McKenzie, I think he played 70 against Falkirk, didn't he? He's fit for, he kind of came through that all right. So he'll be playing on Saturday. Um, I heard that they've got a trialist in, been training, who's done well. I don't know who that is, but he, he's maybe in the mix. Um, Isaac it could literally Lane. literally be anyone. Hi, literally anyone. But Isaac Lane potentially 
uh, is back fit as well for Saturday, and he's he's sorely lacking, isn't he? Um, in terms of, I think they've only scored six goals or something, so they'll be desperate to get Lane back in because he did well at Dumbarton last year and he was doing well at the start of this season. Yeah, he's a he's a good weapon to have in the in the Arsenal, definitely. Uh, like you see, he started with Stephen Boyd up front, who's I don't think he's a he's a ten, really isn't he? He's, he's not a striker. kind of striker you play on on his own. Yeah, certainly not on his own. You play off lane, but mm-hmm. yeah, they're, they're definitely missing that that target man and Derek Lyle just. As, as good a player as he always has been, you can't really rely on him for 90 minutes. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, definitely Lane will be be welcome back. He's a he's a good good player, Lane. He, he he doesn't for a big guy. He's not actually that competitive in the air, but what he does do is he's quite direct and he, he mm-hmm. likes plays a bit back to goal and he likes to turn and crack off an early shot. He's got quite a rasping uh, right foot in him, so yeah, he'd be a welcome return. Good, so that sums, uh, rounds up League One then. So just to summarise, Airdrie Montrose, we've both gone Airdrie. Clyde Falkirk, we've both gone Falkirk. Dumbarton Cove, you've gone draw, I've gone Cove. Four for Partick, you've gone draw, I've gone Partick. Peterhead East Fife, you've gone draw, I've gone East Fife. So you've backed three draws there. That'd be a tasty wee treble if it comes in. Absolutely. Um, so that moves us then on to League Two, where... Um, a game that we spoke about is potentially being game of the day. Um, actually, second highest scoring. So, um, Stranraer 2, Stirling Albion 2. Interesting game, wasn't it? Stranraer going ahead, Stirling Albion pegging them back. Stirling Albion then going ahead. And Daryl Duffy returning to haunt Stirling from last season, kind of pegging it back. So, two each. I think from memory, possession was about 50-50. Um, in terms of shots, I think Stranraer a lot more. I think they had 12 corners as well. Um, to maybe three or four for the Albion. So, would both teams probably at the end of the day would be happy with a point? You know, you're never going to be happy prior to the game with a point, but the way it's panned out, two evenly matched teams are. Yeah, I would say so. Two two good teams, strong teams, two good benches as well. You look at like, um, you look at like Hamill, um, James Hilton, Andrew Sterling all on, the, on yeah. the bench for the home side. Yates, the, the big centre-half. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, obviously, Sterling Albion. We know we talked in depth about their, the quality of their recruitment. Um, Mack and Scott Roberts. Uh, Blake Curry, well. a goalkeeper to have on the, on, on the bench as well. He was an interesting but, one because uh, he was playing well, wasn't he, last season? Uh, not yeah. much of a looking. And Docker as well, kind of in the middle of the parks, not played much this season, but... It's hard to, to get Heaver in, isn't it? When Andy Ryan, for example, scoring most weeks. Yeah, definitely. Um, the only the only interesting thing I I, um, I I noticed was that they they left it until five minutes to to bring Mackin on, and at two all, you would think, you know, if you're going for a winner, you might have introduced him a bit earlier to to change it up. I didn't watch the game though, so I don't know what kind mm. of game it was, but um, and I like. Uh, I like to bang the, the drum for Dillamackin, so um, I was surprised to, you know, if you're going to bring him on, you, you, he's the kind of player you need to give a bit of time, I think, to... Uh, to again, up to speed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely, but nah, um, two, uh, as I say, two two really strong teams. You, you might say, you might say, I don't know if, if, I can't remember if Bill talked about the game much last week or if, if he dared to predict, but, you know, 
behind the scenes at Ali might be privately take a point away at Stranar, given how, how well Stranar have, have been uh, been going. They'll be disappointed to, to throw away a lead, obviously, but um but I and Andy Ryan on form again, I know it's a penalty, but that's four four goals out of seven. Interestingly, four yellow cards out of out of seven as well. Um I didn't think he was that kind mm-hmm. of player, but he didn't get booked this game, but I think that would have been a suspension if if, if he did. So um Looks like they've gone him with with Burner or Moore off him. I don't know what you think. And Jack I think Luke it behind. would probably have been Burn off him. I and Moore maybe off a side, Craney off the other side. Um, Ross yeah. McGeeky, I think, was unavailable. Cammy Benny played well again, I think, and he's kind of securing his place ahead of Blair Curry, isn't he? Which he maybe wouldn't have predicted at the start of the season. You don't want to upset that position too much, so um, it's unfortunate for for um, Blair Curry, who I've I've often sort of in the past of. Thought he's one of the best keepers in that league. Absolutely, yeah, and it's, it's we touched on it for, for Benny. We touched on him last week as well, but Hinton Hilton's not didn't even get off the bench again at two each at home. Is he must maybe have a knock or or something? But I'm surprised he didn't come on. You you could have took Victoria off and kind of replaced like for like, or even taken Orr off and played Hilton just off the front or Victoria up front and, and Hilton wide. It's a strange one that he can't play because he stood out last season. I thought. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there, but he he did. He was one of their 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 best players um, in League One last season. Um, I I don't know what it is if it's a if it's like you say it's a, a injury that he's carrying that he can't shake off, or is it a purely tactical decision um, on Steve Farrell's part where he's got a good thing going with him at the moment and he just can't fit him into the jigsaw at the moment. I don't mm-hmm. know. I've not seen enough of of Stranard to to kind of. To comment too much in that. Well, well, um, four on four on beating for them now, Stuna. Um and it's it looks already like it's four from six for the playoffs, doesn't it? Because obviously Queen's Park look like they might start to kind of pull away. But then you've got Elgin second on fifteen and Stunra sixth on eleven, <laughs> with obviously Steny, Sterling Edinburgh kind of shoe on down there. So what's that four points separating second to sixth? I can't see Annan or Cowden making a push. In fact, Cowden maybe looks like over their shoulder. And Albion and Brecon aren't. So, four from six, you having that? Yeah, I think we predicted that at the start of the, of this, Some combination of the, of the, season, of the didn't four we? between us, yeah. yeah. We, we we thought, well, I, I think, I, I certainly thought that, that that league was going to split in half. Yeah, we um, did say that, yeah. And I'm, I'm not saying I've got the the teams bang on, but yeah, that, that four... Um, maybe put Stranraer in for Elgin with the four that I thought were gonna were gonna be um mm-hmm. were gonna be up there. Steny as well, you know. So yeah, it's 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 panning out to be. I think that's the that's that's the sign of of you know. It's the teams that have got that strength and depth that, that already came down into the league with that strength. If you're mm-hmm. if you're Stranraer, um and and, and Steny Steny already had it. Uh, you know. Well, talking talking of those two teams, they play each other on Saturday and potentially game of the day. Queen's Park Edinburgh have got to stake a strong claim for that. So, like I say, Steny are playing, uh, are hosting Stranraer, which uh, massive game again, isn't it? Steny off the back of a two-one win against uh, Brecon, which you'd maybe have expected to be more comfortable. But I think, by all accounts, from I know somebody that was there, I think Brecon gave good account of themselves. They've they've had only a couple of shots less on target couple of corners, possession shaded by Steny, but breaking by no means embarrassed. I've worried for them going there 
yeah. against against any, but uh, Andy Munro's popped up with one, hasn't he? Uh, collector's item in McGuigan as well. Aye, Munro's actually had another one in, in the net as well towards the end, but it was, it was ruled out. But aye, there was a good um, there was a good freeze frame of him, you know, mullering it into the net from a from a cross. So on their Twitter, um, McGuigan as well. Yeah, it's good. I don't know if Spence had or not, because he was only on the bench, wasn't he? Um, and obviously there was no Tommy Muir. I think he obviously came off at Queen's Park the week before when I'd seen them. So McGregor's came in for him and scored, which wasn't the worst. But I was surprised that Spence didn't play, which makes me think he maybe had a wee knock. Um, Possible he's, he's, he's had a knock. Um, or, um, you know, Davy Irons has seen it as a as an opportunity to, mm. to um, maybe... Rest him and and you know no disrespect to Brechin, but he's maybe seen that as as an opportunity to kind of bring a, a couple of uh, give a run out to a couple of extra players. Yeah, well they've got away with it then, haven't they? If, if he has taken that chance to maybe rest Spence or or whatever, two one, uh, two and a half at half time, you expect him to then maybe kind of kick on and and score another couple. But credit to Brechin, they've obviously pegged them back and. Uh, Whereas maybe they would have capitulated a couple of weeks ago. So is that the signs that Peyton's maybe starting to get them a bit more disciplined and a bit harder to play against? Yeah, it must be. It's a it's a terrible thing to say, but you know, they it's a quite a positive result for them. Um because just We spoke about Dundee, wasn't it? You can never be happy with what losing like they did against Pebs, but if you're gonna lose, that's the way to lose type thing. I they, they need I think we can just need to start with the basics don't concede as many goals, and they've kind of achieved that that first objective mm-hmm. um, by only conceding two and replying with with a goal themselves. I think it was a, a they had a couple of trialists. Yeah, two trialists. Um, yeah. So they'll be hoping then, Muzz, that they can kind of keep things tight and maybe nick one at the other end against Annan on Saturday. Annan, obviously, off the back of a one 0 defeat away at Elgin. I can't imagine that was an enjoyable trek home after that. Uh, by all accounts, thoroughly. As thoroughly as beaten as a one 0 can be, and uh, Elgin a lot more possession, a lot more shots on target, more corners, um, and up to second in the league. I didn't really expect Annan to to get anything out of that game, largely, you know, with the form of of Elgin and how sort of poor uh, Annan have been recently. They've, they've tailed off after we kind of backed them to be um, a bit of a dark horse, not in terms of. Um, challenging for the, the title really but maybe kind of punching above their weight towards mm. the playoffs but they're not really they've, they've not really clicked at all they, they made five substitutions um, against Elgin which shows that they were trying to get change the game you know try, try and get back into it which is um, fair enough but I think Elgin too strong for them and um, that solitary Russell Dingwall goal was clearly enough. They started with Kane Hester and, and Josh Peters up front again and mm-hmm. you know, Connor O'Keefe's come on just before they scored. What what part he had in the goal, I'm not sure, but you know, when you when you bring in him off the bench and Joe McBeth didn't even go on, did he? So No, exactly, yeah. Um Osadalor as well, who's who knows that division well, you know. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of potential there to, to change games where Aaron just lacked that. You know, Aidan Smith came off the bench, Jordan Loudon, Lewis Hunter, you know, a lot of good players, but there, there's obviously something just not clicking at Aaron at the moment. 
you think they'll turn it around when they, they travel to Brecon on Saturday? Well, I've I've tipped uh, Brecon to to clock up a win. That is massive, to be fair. Yeah, it's massive. But I've I've I don't think uh, I don't think Anna has shown anything to suggest that everything I everything I think Anna are going to do, they kind of do the opposite. So it'll be interesting because obviously Anna. They've lost four of the last five, which yeah. you wouldn't realise kind of without looking type thing. Obviously, they lost two, they won one, they then lost two. Um, so you're back in Brecon. That's massive. I'm Brecon, back. Are gonna, Brecon are going to see this as an opportunity as well. That, you know, they've got probably, to, don't they? They've probably, got to. You probably can't underestimate the confidence they've taken from that, that Steny game. Yeah, no, they've got to be looking at I'm going to back a draw. Um, I had a draw written down here. So Elgin, who we spoke about flying, uh, won their last three on the bounce up to second. They travelled to Albion. Uh, Rovers off the back of a doing off uh, Edinburgh City. Edinburgh City kind of been threatening for a while to give a team a going over. Um, That's nine goals, in, in nine goals in the last two games, actually. And four for, four for Liam Henderson. Sorry to, to hijack you there. No, no, the way, I, the way that I, they've been shaping up when I saw them is Thompson was at right back, Hamilton, Balatone, then Henderson. So they've actually got five goals from their fullbacks. Aye. And right. Henderson a hat trick after 15 minutes. Five assists, uh, Thompson. In fact, Thompson assisted that hat trick, two free kicks and a, and a corner it was. Mm -hmm. um, but you've got to say the marking was dire from Albion Rovers but fair play to Liam Henderson he's ghosted in at the near post for the first one mm -hmm. um, I don't think I don't think any of the three were headers and he's about six foot four nah, he's a good height um, isn't he they've all, been, they've all been sort of scrambled in from, from set pieces but as I say they, Albion Rovers they didn't have anyone in the posts and it's a gamble you take and um, there's obviously a tactical decision to that but it does it, it, you could tell with a third goal it, it had a factor because had somebody been in that position, they've got a much better chance of defending it. Um, they definitely yeah, they're settling in now. Edinburgh, now they've kind of got that shape with that new back, new new look back for the colourful yeah. midfield of black and brown, letting yeah. like Devita and Campbell push on from wide areas, and Henderson and McGill are absolutely hand for now. So it's almost that kind of Strenard blueprint, isn't it? Where it's a relatively solid back four, two in the middle that'll just kind of sit and do the dirty and then kind of two off the sides and two up front that can go and try and cause trouble. Yeah, absolutely. They, they only made one change from, from the Annan game and that was uh, Devita coming in for, for Laird. Um, I think they can they can switch to a diamond quite comfortably as well. Yeah, with those players. Yeah. Campbell coming in off the off off wide and Devita can can top the diamond if if you if you like. Um, quite versatile. So a lot of we we talked how many times they've they've tinkered with it with the formation, and then suddenly with you know two weeks of a consistent shape and consistent team, yeah. suddenly it's clicked. You know, yeah, six were, were we just six, waiting yeah. for that to click? And and emphatic wins as well. Um, Albion, you know, they don't they don't roll they don't roll over to anyone, but to, to beat anyone five two um, in the league is 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 quite impressive. And we know we know him. Scoring four away at Annan as well. That's no mean feat. So mm -hmm. yeah, and something's something's maybe just. And talking just of, of depth, like we spoke about with other teams, there you look at their bench. They've made five subs and they didn't use 
Laird or Newman who, who played well when I saw them. You know, they've managed to bring on the likes of Harris, Cranes back from injury, which will help them a lot. Great, nice, tidy player for that division at left back. Jardin's come on. Aussie C's come on. So massive for them. And then just on the flip side, when Bill Orr was on uh, earlier in the week, he spoke about Albion playing their pitch well. And we spoke about maybe teams need to go more direct. But looks as though going away from home is going to be an issue for them, especially on the plastic pitches where <clears throat> teams can get the ball down and play play against them type thing with the ball on the deck. Yeah, they have to they have to kind of um morph into a completely different um team almost when they if they'll be well set up, as you say, well drilled to, to play at home, but they have to adapt um when they're away and it's when they've been on the road that they've they've taken a, a, a lot of a lot of kind of heavy def- Heavy defeats, yeah. The, the more they've conceded nine away, um, whereas they still conceded six at home. But um, I, they're, they're they're probably they're probably lucky, Albion, that that Brechin are in such dire straits at the moment, or else they could have they could really find themselves kind of marooned at the bottom. Um, well, if, if you're back in Brechin, then do you see Albion matching their result at home, Elgin? Or do you think Elgin will go there more? Nah, it's it's. Elgin are, Elgin are in too good form, and they're they're, they're too they're, they'll be too hot to handle for me. I've got a a heavy another heavy defeat, unfortunately for Albion predicted. I'm, I'm um, the far, far too much far too much firepower, and if they defend like they did against um against Edinburgh City, the amount of goals Elgin are scoring, the amount of um dynamism and stuff they have up front, mm-hmm. and different options they have up front, it cannot be a. It's not going to be a good day. No. Well, they've got the top scorer in the division, don't they, in Hester. That's despite missing a couple of games. Although, now Liam Henderson's hot in his tail after, after Saturday. And obviously, Aye. Dingle's up there for assists as well. So, I'm the same as you. I'm back in an Elgin win. Um, Edinburgh, we've spoken about. They travelled to Queen's Park, who have still only conceded one goal. <laughs> um, we thought maybe Cowden would be a bit of a uh, potential banana skin, but they look to kind of comfortably have of kind of negotiated that early-ish goal after about quarter an hour helps, doesn't it? Um, and then Simon Murray again coming off the bench and scoring, which is a bit concerning for, for fans of other teams that he's now back two games, two sub-appearances, two goals. Yeah, um, he's. I think it, every appearance he's made in a shirt, be it competitive or non-competitive, he's, he's scored. Um, and there's goals come from from the def- one from the defence, one from the midfield, and one from up front there. So, Queens Park putting a, a really good, um, solid account of themselves there. I predicted the I predicted the very same. I, th- I thought there would be too much for for Queen for Cowden Beast. I thought you might thought you thought Cowden Beast would maybe drag them the in more of a fight, but back the draw right. So, um, they're still find themselves rooted to the bottom of the league. Cowden for shots and and. Shots on target, uh, a couple less than breaking. So there's there's issues there. Um, Ian Russell starting for them. You know what is he? Thirty seven, thirty eight. And Renton as well has kind of gone off the boil. A few years ago, Renton was kind of flying, wasn't it? But he's kind of looks to be struggling a bit. But they've got a relatively solid team count. And you know Mullen at right back, uh, Craig Barr, Swan at left back, Buchanan's good. Taylor's been in the league for a while. Renton, Miller in the middle of the park. So. I don't know why I think they're kind of struggling so badly this season. They've got experience, kind of solid 
team on paper, but Queen's Park, just to kind of talk about them briefly, Craig Slater on the bench, Longridge on the bench, neither of them even got on, but obviously I think both just relatively soon back from injury. And Will Bainham, obviously, who didn't have his best game against Steny, he was on the bench as well. So they're, they're flying, aren't they? Only conceded one goal. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they are flying. And like you've just you know, mentioned some of those players that can't get in the team and they would probably start for mm-hmm. most League One clubs, maybe some championship clubs. How do you see so, them against Edinburgh then? I think Queen's Park... They like you say they are really starting to to motor away now. Um, I think Edinburgh obviously coming in off the back of two um, scalping victories. There is that proof that they've kind of gotten over that inconsistent patch. I don't mm-hmm. know. This will be a this will be a real test. Um, and if if you know if anyone's going to upset the apple cart, it's going to be Edinburgh City, Elgin. It's going to be Sterling Albion teams that are that are scoring goals and being impressive in their own right, and that are going to have to take these opportunities against Queens Park to if they, if they want to have any chance of of um, of catching them. So I think it's a... going to be tricky, but I I think Queens Park are, are are going to win in, at the end of the day because um, they've got all those players that can come in if to chase games if they're if they're needed. It seems every week, isn't it, that the rest of the league is just supporting whoever's playing Queen's Park because they need them they need them to slip up. Um and it's almost a question of not will Queen's Park win, but will they concede? Um I actually think it'll be a draw. I am gonna draw. I think Edinburgh City have got the players to do it. Players Thompson, uh Balatone, uh DeVita, they're not gonna be phased by going to Hamden. Uh you know, a lot of teams maybe psychologically worry about playing Queen's Park but Edinburgh they kind of battle hard and don't the majority of those players so I'm going to back Definitely. a draw um, Steny and Stranraer we've touched on both but we didn't get your prediction for that one um, I've got uh, an away win there Stranraer fancy Stranraer do you? yeah Steny being a, a wee bit inconsistent as well I'm going to back a draw on that one I think that's my third draw to four actually I'm getting splinters on my backside in, this, uh, in League 2 this week I think Steny hard to play against at home uh, I don't think they'll get beat at home so I'm backing a draw and then lastly like again if, we've touched on both teams Sterling Albion host Cowden yeah um, Sterling Albion for me convincing sort of 2-3-0 two, two, uh, material Cowden Beef after that, they're breaking go to Cowdenbeath and Brechin are going to see that as as winnable as well. If Brechin get the win against Annan that I've controversially predicted, they'll go to Cowdenbeath and they're they're already out shooting them by like one shot or something like that. So they they'll 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 see them. You know they are on a relatively um, even keel, although mm-hmm. Brechin have that massive goal deficit. But but Brechin will be if if they get a result against Hannon, they're going to be but well regardless they're going to see Cowdenbeath as a as a yeah. sort of almost a, another must win. These are the opportunities they've got to seize to, to stay in the league. And like you say, Cowdenbeath looking over their shoulder that'll be quite a tasty one. Mm-hmm. But that's no, jumping the gun. A hundred percent. No, I'm back in Stirling. I think Stan Albion as well. Andy Ryan flying. Um, like we spoke about the depth on the bench and Cowden are toiling. That pitch at fourth bank as well, so it's still and they'll get the ball down, stretch Cowden. Uh, we've spoken about on the 
extra time episode, the build have got options up top. They can play more direct into Macken and play off them, or they can look for Andy Ryan to kind of link up or going behind. So um, a Sterling win for me. So to summarise, we've both backed Sterling against Cowden. We've both backed Elgin against Albion Rovers. Brecon, Annan, you've gone Brecon, just to re-emphasise that. I've gone draw. Queen's Park, Edinburgh, you've gone Queen's Park, I've gone draw. Stenis, Stranra, I've gone draw, you've gone Stranra. So now that, I think I've, uh, I think last week, Andy, uh, if I'm right in thinking, I have predicted uh, the entire League Two card. I think I've gone Queen's Park to beat Cowden. I've gone Edinburgh City to beat Albion, Elgin to beat Annan, Stenny to beat Brechin, and I've gone. The, the I think the deciding factor was I've backed the Stranraer and Albion. Go. You have, and you went for. So what I'm going to do this time, this week, is I'm going to jump onto my bookies and I'm going to I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and I'm going to put a wee coupon on. I was going to say if you back my results, I don't know why I didn't do it. You got you got a decent return if you wanted to do the wee bet builder. Hester and Ryan both to score would be uh, maybe worth a, a nibble. So um, that rounds up this week's episode. Like Muzz said at the start. Journeyman Spots of the Week, any of them that you want to send in via uh, Twitter, you can search for us at, uh, at Turnstiles there. YouTube, you can just comment underneath the video, or Pine Bovro, there's a, through a Turnstiles thread, I think it's in League One forum, you can comment on there. Like we said, you know, have you seen Craig Barr in your local fish and chip shop? Have you seen uh, Andy Ryan renting a pedal? in Calendar Park? Who knows what you might have seen? So any of them, get them into us. Uh, we'll be back next week to review the games that we've just spoken about and preview next week's upcoming fixtures. And like we always say, if you could do us a massive favour and like the video and subscribe to the channel, that would be massively appreciated. Maz, you like you've got something to say to round us off? No, just I, I was just perusing the fact that all, the, all these missed opportunities uh, for my coupons. Um, but get the no, disco yeah. lights out if we can get the win in this Saturday, that's for sure. We will indeed. Thank you very much for joining us and we'll see you again soon. Cheers. Cheers.